And welcome, everybody, to another episode of Monster X Radio. Your host here, Shane Corson, and uh, along with me this evening as my co-host is Julie Ranch. How you doing, Julie? Hey, Shane. I'm doing well. Thanks. Good, good. Glad to, I know you were, you've been under the weather, so I'm glad to, that uh, you're you're. I know you're not 100 percent, but you're back up and at them. Yes, hanging in there and trying to shake this flu. So I think everybody in the country has it lately. So. Yeah, it's 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 brutal. Um, so if you're out in the woods, uh, take heed to stay warm and, and stay stay healthy because it's brutal. I, I've yet to to get it, and I'm trying. I'm hoping and praying I I don't go there. But uh, yeah. you know, uh, we got a great show uh, for everybody this evening. Uh, in mm. our guests, Mike Miller and Michael Feltner, uh, both of the Ohio Night Stalkers researchers, obviously out of Ohio, they've been doing research for a number of years. And been getting results, and um, I'm really stoked to have him on the show. I'm going to bring him on here. Hey, uh, hey, fellas. Hello. Glad to glad to have you guys aboard. Thanks for joining us this evening. Uh, you know, I know it's a little bit uh, time difference between us, but uh, really happy to have you guys aboard. Thank you. Hey, guys. Thank you. Hey. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome, yeah, you guys. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. Um, guys, you know, I'll start with uh, – Michael, I'll start with you. Michael, uh, what got you into the Sasquatch phenomenon? What, what really launched you getting into this field, this, this crazy field of Bigfootery? Well, actually, I started. Uh, I have an aunt that lives up in uh, out near Grand Rapids, Michigan, and uh, my aunt Mickey. And growing up, uh, I would go. I'd head towards Michigan, and with my family, and my my uncle was a really avid hunter, and he taught me how to hunt and taught my dad how to hunt a lot and game, big game hunter and, um, you know, for deer and all that. And especially for calls for like animals and stuff. But my, my, my aunt actually had the Bigfoot case book and she would always like go to the, the video stores back in the day when I was a kid back in the early eighties and rent like movies and stuff. And I remember being at her house watching Boggy Creek and Sasquatch, the legend of Bigfoot, which is my favorite Bigfoot movie. And, uh, I was always in, enthralled with, you know, $6 million man, you know, taking on Bigfoot. And uh, she had the case book, and in it had the reports from, you know, kind of like I always thought Bigfoot out west, but when I saw reports even where they was at in Michigan, but Ohio, that really intrigued me. And uh, my uncle was never a believer, but uh, it just started from there, and um, that's that's how it was when I was a little kid. I was just totally in, into into the Bigfoot you know, phenomenon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mike, Mike Miller, how about yourself? What, what, what kind of got you into this field? Well, you know, it's crazy. Uh, you know, I believed and I watched all the shows that, you know, my, the other Mike watched and uh, was very curious, and I thought something like that was possible in the Pacific Northwest and Canada and all that. Not in Ohio, though. I just didn't think there was enough woods. But uh, one, uh, one evening on Channel 7 News, they actually – Mentioned a sighting in Ohio, which I thought was crazy, but you know, got my curiosity going. I got online and I stumbled into you know a website that uh, you, know, you can click click on your state, and I assumed there'd be one or two reports, and you know it dropped down the reports by county. I about uh, you know fell out of my chair, and uh, <laughs> I just started you know read through them, and some of them I thought were stupid. I laughed, and you know I thought all oh, the Someone someone drank too much that night, you know. And but a couple of them stood out, and one of them got you know. I grew up with a German Shepherd, and um, growing up for 17 years of my life, she was around. And uh, this guy had a male German Shepherd, and he said he didn't know what was in his backyard, but uh, his dog came through. This was a five-year-old German Shepherd came through the glass on the door to get back in the house. Oh my God! Yeah, ran to the furthest point away in the house, you know itself and uh, those dogs don't do that so that mm. piqued my interest and uh, there was uh, a story about an area up north and uh lady uh there was some whistling that went back and forth and supposedly her son seen it and you know she called the police and i used to play softball and you know i sort of checked on that to see if there was really a call made and you know I found out that there was and I went looked at this place and uh, uh, found uh, some weird uh, like 
footprints in the gravel. And uh, I don't know, it just sort of launched me because every time I went, I didn't think I was going to find anything, but I did. And uh, it just sort of sucked me in because I thought it would take just a, you know, all this, there's nothing there. It's just going to be like a couple times I'll be done. And, uh, you know, it's like 14 years later and I'm not done. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah. 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 No, I get you. Uh, fascinating. So I, I got to ask Michael here real quick. Uh, uh, Going back to what you were just talking about, your Aunt Mickey and the Bigfoot casebook, how extensive of um, a, a collection, I guess, of reports and what, of whatnot was that? I mean, uh, I, I'm aware of the Bigfoot casebook. Uh, you obviously had, you know, did you have access to it? And, and you know, obviously really uh, got you interested in the subject. Well, when I, you know, of course, the older I got, I would, you know, I'd go to the local library, like at my school, and I was checking out all the Bigfoot books. And, of course, I remember eventually buying the Bigfoot case books. And, uh, and then the older I got, um, in, in Dayton, Ohio at the hair arena back in the early nineties, they had like a, kind of like a paranormal convention and actually, uh, Daniel Perez was there. And that was the first time I met Don Keating. And when I met Don Keating, he actually, uh, had his book, uh, the Buckeye book, uh, Bigfoot. And, I was just impressed with it and found out he's been a researcher since 1984. Um, and then I started – eventually, the older I got, I would, like, sneak up to uh, Newcomerstown to some of his meetings, and I'd sit there and watch. And I was I was kind of like a kid in a, in a candy store, but I'd have my, you know, my mouth shut and my ears open. I wouldn't say nothing, and I, that, was, that was the first seed, and then – being a full-time researcher, that happened in 1999, and then uh, of course through the, all the ways, I, you know, I met Jody uh, Jody Cook here. He lives out here in Cincinnati, close to me, and that's you know that's another part of the story. How you know I started involved in what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Now, did you meet? Um, did you know Mike before this, or you met Mike through the? The Miller, no, I didn't know who Mike Miller is. Sorry, Mike, I didn't know you, buddy. <laughs> no, we didn't know each other. It was, it was actually fate that we met because we're totally. Mike just lives five minutes from my house, and we're, wow. we're best friends, and uh, we have more in common than just the Bigfoot stuff. So, yeah. uh, and you know, but uh, eventually, you know, he can get into that how we really came came to, and it was just a, a magic time because. You know, you know Julie living here in Ohio at, at, at a certain time. It's you think people are really into this stuff, and you find out that either they're too scared to go out, or you know, or they think you're crazy, or you know, of course the the shows that, that came on TV like Finding Bigfoot has really got people really their interest, and of course the mm-hmm. Ohio Bigfoot Conference. But when I was going to Salt Fork back in in early days, if you went to the gift shop and say, hey, you know, you got a Bigfoot shirt, they'd they'd laugh at you. And that's that's how I started. I literally would be going to Don. I'd go to his meetings, and then you know, hey, the, these guys actually invited me to the field. And even though I had my hunting background, I know how to you know operate in the the woods. But I wanted to see what those guys do, and you know, it led me a, a long way to where I am now. But I'm just grateful for the people I've met, and you know, I'm, I'm grateful that I met Mike Miller. Thank you. Yeah, Mike, um, I was, uh, just to jump in, just, um, I was researching with uh, people that uh, only went out during the daytime. Uh, Dan Mosier was the initial guy I contacted because he had, uh, you know, pictures and stuff and information Mm -hmm. online out of Springfield. And then he led me, because Dan was having some health problems, and he sort of handed me off to uh, George Taylor. And uh, I sort of cut my teeth with George, and uh, he showed me what to look for, structures and stuff like that. And, um, you know, Facebook is good sometimes. Sometimes it's aggravating, but it actually, one night, because of, you know, friends with similar interests, you know, it, it says, you know, it suggested suggested a friend. And it was a mutual friend of, of Mike and I's, uh, Mark Mills. And I thought, well, this guy actually lives in Ohio. You know, I thought, well, I will contact him because everyone else that had showed me lived in other states. I'm like, well, I want to talk to them, you know, and uh, I don't have nothing in common with them. So I contacted Mark, and that's how, you know, through Mark is how I met the other Mike. And it's just okay. you know, it's like, like like he said, just faith, you know, just little steps at a time, and it's like everything falling into place. It's just sort of crazy. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm well aware of David Moser and and and, and Jody Cook. Uh, I've talked to both of them, and two guys I, I admire and, and uh, have watched uh, through the years. And so, uh, you know, uh, it's kind of neat how things work out and the people you work with and the direction everybody goes and, and the collaboration, of course. And then, you know, a lot of times with this collaboration, you get, you know, uh, you eventually kind of do your own thing. I don't know, you know, how how did the Ohio Night Stalkers come to be uh, as it is now? Um. Well, you know, we just some of the people we went with, we just had sort of a different style. Um, some some things didn't mesh. There's, you know, there was some. I want to go into personal stuff. There were, I don't know, it was just some of the set wasn't right. Some of it was, and then you know, people had other things going on in their family and stuff at the time. And um, I don't know, it just it, it's sort of weird. It's, it just came together, and uh, we sort of struck out on our own. Um, you know, I drive for UPS, so got a hold of a map in this one county that uh, we frequent a lot and uh, started looking for these roads that weren't paved that went into nowhere. And, you know, we go out during the daytime and drive them and, and recon them. But, uh, you know, Mike and I just, uh, just sort of seemed to be on the same page a lot of the times and uh, it just sort of grew from there. The whole uh, name and everything, uh, one year we decided to uh, sponsor uh, – Mike had been going to the you know Ohio Bigfoot conference for several several years back when you know Don Keating had it, and uh, we were going to go that year. That, that was my first time and second time, and uh, we wanted to sponsor John Kirk. And they said you can, but you can't sponsor him as Mike and Mike. You got to come up with a name. And we literally sat at Frisch's over in Williamsburg, Ohio, and we're, we were writing names down on napkins. You know, I don't know how many napkins we threw away that night, but. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really hard coming up with a name. You know, you guys got a cool name, you know, Monster X. That's great. Um, and then I thought, hey, how about, you know, remember that show, The Night Stalker? I loved it as a kid. Let's just stick Ohio in front of it, you know. And uh, it just sort of fit. And then uh, then we needed a logo. And a girl I work with named uh, Gigi Rudy uh, overheard me talking at work. Because I can't, I can't draw a stick figure. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we were in a bind, and she overheard me. She goes, what are you looking for? I can draw it. I took uh, graphic arts in college, and uh, she's the one that's responsible for our logo. I think she wow. drew a couple different ones, and I sent them to Mike, and we both fell in love with the same one. So, Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty cool, pretty awesome. Yeah, just things that seem to – for Mike and I, things that seem to, to work out and, and just sort of fall in place. I sort of liken it to a snowball rolling downhill, and you expect that sooner or later the momentum will slow down, you know, because the ground will flatten out, but it just seems to keep rolling downhill for us, and which is which is good in a good way, and uh, swung for the ride, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right now, did you um, prefer that we do not tell what county that you research in, or is that okay? Um, what do you think, Mike? It's up to you, buddy. I don't care. Well, we, you know. well we've mentioned, we have mentioned it before, and it's been on TV. So yeah. Well, even the county, yeah. we just won't name any roads. How's that? Right. Okay. Yeah. I I just wanted to clarify before I blurted out there something. That, well, thank you. Sure. Because yeah. I know how that is. You don't want people to know certain things. And actually, if we backtrack a little bit, uh, when me and Mike, when, when we met and we was with our buddy Mark, and Mike knows the story real well, we was at an area, and it was actually his first time out. Where we uh, we hiked up this horse trail, and then on our way out, we had a mass of rocks thrown at us, and that was Mike can tell you about that. I know we got pretty good long time, and that was that was his first time out, you know, because I've, I've I've been used to going out for a while at night, and that kind of changed him. But uh, he came back. We we kind of fished him back in because he almost quit that night. But uh, Mike can tell you that story. That's a good story. Yeah, I, I did. Um, I actually did quit that night. Um, <laughs> so that was my first night hike. That was the first time I went on a night hike, and we hiked. Uh, I know we sort of jumped over the one topic, but uh, real quick, went on a night hike for the first time. We hiked about two miles back in this place, and uh, those guys did put knocks and howls. I was sort of along for the ride, but I did have you know a camera set on night shot, night vision, and uh, I thought, well, you know, I'm prepared this time. And uh, I take some pictures and something happens and nothing happened. And, and as we walked out of there, 
um, 10 minutes into that walk, here come the first rock, and it was pretty big. You know, you can't see it, but it's snapping branches in flight. And, um, you know, I'm in the back of the line, and you know what happens in horror movies. You know, the guy in the yeah. back of the line, usually the first one to go. And uh, uh, I, I I was scared to death that night. I said, the Lord's prayer under my breath. The rest of the way we walked out of there, we had two two big rocks that night. And, you know, stamping the brown. I'll never forget that sound. And that was, like, just too much for me. But I had all winter to think about it. And, uh, um, you know, this curiosity, I, I, you know, something is there. You know, while everybody else is out here asleep, you know, mm. You know, we know, you know, people like us know, hey, there's something here, and it's something different, and it's here. And I want to know more about it. Right, and they absolutely own the night. Yep. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so, do you want to, let, let's talk about um, what happened just recently when you guys were out. Um, you sent me that clip. Oh, okay. Um, that was in the same county, in a different area in Adams County. Um, that clip you've got is about three or four minutes from about a six-hour night, you know, condensed down. And at the beginning of it, you hear, uh, you know, Mike do his call. He's got a great call, by the way. And uh, mm, I wondered which one of you did that. <laughs> that was Mike Feldman. That's pretty and, good. Um, um, as soon as he does it, we were in a valley, and there was a big ridge to our right. And when this thing replies, I don't think it was on the same side as we were. I think it was on the other side of the ridge because it sort of got that beyond the grave type of feel to it. But what struck me with that when I heard it, that when we realized that we had it recorded, um, it wasn't like a howl or a whoop. It was more of a, ah, it's just mad. It just sort of just clenched its teeth and went and and we're talking a quarter of a mile away probably and this was picked up on a parabolic microphone non-amplified mind you and it picked that up wow. and it just it made it gave me goosebumps i thought wow he really pissed something off you know and uh it does that you know and you can st- still sort of hear it in the background and then a little bit later you know the second part of that you know, he, he howls again and gets another reply. Uh, do you want me to keep explaining, the, or do you want to do it as we as you play it? Or um, well, Shane, I'll let you. Um, yeah, yeah you we have it there, and you know what order. Yeah, were, yeah. Let me play. I'll play. Uh, so I, I, I'm not going to play the full three plus minutes. Right. Um, uh, so what I've done is I've broken it up, and um, uh, I'll play the what I call the uh, response one or Ohio response one. That's how I labeled it. It's about 27 seconds long. I know there was quite a lot in that three three or so minutes. I, I broke it up so uh, uh, the listeners can kind of hear uh, what was going on. I, I found it to be very interesting, and I'm going to play that clip now, and then we'll uh, uh, halt, and you guys can discuss it a little bit more. And so here we go. <laughs> We, we don't know if that was one on the other side and we got more behind us or what, but 
it's just, you know, when you're out there and you're kind of tired and, you know, we're like, well, are we going to recall tonight? And then all of a sudden that happens. It just blows your mind. Right, right. Yeah, yeah for me on that one, it was just I was struck at the low pitch that that thing responded in and but kept that going. I mean, it does it. I don't know how many seconds it does that sound, but in that low of a pitch at that distance just blew, blew me away because I thought, wow. You know, because right. I played that for one of my bosses at work, and he laughed and said, oh, that's that's a person. And I go, <laughs> let's go outside right now, and I want you to do that tone and see how far you can project it. I said, you freaking, you know, hurt your throat doing that. Right. How, but, how uh, far away? I played it for how, George. Yeah, how far away do you think uh... – that individual, whatever it was, maybe a Sasquatch, how far away do you think it was? Maybe a quarter of a mile or less. He, okay. I think he was on the other – he wasn't up on the – he wasn't on the side of the ridge facing us. I think he was on the other side because of how the sort of sound comes sort of like up and over type. But it was – I mean, he was within that distance. Yeah, yeah. And, and you guys – you guys – you know, initiate it, and you're, you're probably thinking, "Game on!" Uh, am I right? <laughs> yeah. Well, we just, yeah, we just didn't really know. And and one thing I will clarify about that area out there, that when uh, like Sabilla has a shirt, it's all fun and game. So the sun goes down. That area out there, these people, where you think, oh, you know, they should have campfires at night or people riding a four wheeler. Some do, but most time, those people go to bed. I mean, they 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 don't stay up. And right. You know, even the dogs are—they're quiet out there. You just—it's a lot of deer, and there's a lot of reports out there, and it's just—it's a creepy place. That area we're at, you can pull up there a lot, and as soon as you get out, it's pitch black. You can't even see your hand in front of your face. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy. You know, yeah. So I got the what I call the response to on here. I'm going to play that. Um, what, uh, you know, I know there was a little bit of time in between, um, you, you guys initially yelling and, and, and then this particular clip here, um, and you guys were chatting back and forth. Uh, what was, uh, what was going through your heads? I mean, you were thinking, you know, it was a little bit quiet, I guess. I mean, you got some responses and then you, you decided to try it again. Am I correct? Yeah, we just sort of stick quiet for a while and then see what happens and then, you know, if they don't do nothing after a while, we sort of prod them, prod them again and see if we can get them to do that again. Right. Okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and play this now, and uh, we'll see. Turn up the volume here. Here we go. I'm going to play this now. It's about 44 seconds long. It's a little bit longer clip, so here we go. <laughs> Because coyote, right. even if 
a coyote can do a low pitch howl, but they always go back to the high pitch dog kippy thing. This thing never does that. It's just still in that low range, and uh, you know that was a big daddy. That was to me that was like the you know that was big daddy that was mad that night. That wasn't one of the scouts. That was you know he wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had someone else uh, possibly in his territory making a yell. And, and for the record, uh, you know, we mentioned coyote, which I don't believe it to be, definitely not. Uh, just for the record, uh, if someone comes at you and say, hey, well, it's probably a wolf then, what do you say to that? <laughs> well, supposedly no wolves in Ohio, not in that <laughs> exactly. area. But... Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Not that I ever knew, and I lived there a long time. Yeah. And, uh, and... – and we really think that, you know, like that's the big daddy, and, of course, we have company behind us, and we didn't know what was going to happen like that, and that was a heck of a night. Okay, yeah, so well, you had them behind you and in front of you. Yes. Yes, correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and to top it off, I'm going to play this next clip. It's about 29 seconds long. Um, it's a little bit hard to figure out because uh, – Give it a little context. I'll have you guys give a little context. You know, you decided uh, either, I don't know if it was Mike or Michael, decided to uh, do some rock clanking. And um, and if you listen to the audio, and I have, uh, some, some you know, a rock or something gets thrown back at you guys. Well, oh, that, yeah. uh, sorry, Jeff Byers goes up with, like, I think Mike was over by him, um, and Jeff went up one side of a trail to clack rocks. I went the other direction, and I was going to respond. Now, and you'll sort of hear us talking about it, and you hear us picking up rocks. You know how hard it is sometimes to find rocks in pitch darkness? Because you, know, you don't want to turn a light on and give yourself away. It's tough. It's like trying to find a million-dollar bill. But anyway, um, <laughs> Jeff clacks his rock, and then when I reply, I do like a quicker, you know, quicker tap, pace tap. And, and then when you hear that big rock hit, that hit about – a foot from me. Wow. wow. See, wow. going back to the, going back to what Mike Michael said earlier about the first night hike and the rocks, one of those almost hit me, and I'm like, man, throw them, throw rock. First thing I thought was, hey, throw rocks at the other guys. <laughs> you know, quit throwing them at me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's it's a very interesting clip, um, and I'm going to play that now. Uh, of course, I did edit. I didn't edit it. I, I cut it short, so we're not going to hear you guys uh, talking beforehand. It's going to almost start off right off with with uh, uh, the the rock clanking put on by you guys, and then we'll go from there. Okay. So, uh, you know, given the context, you guys do the rock clanking and then had a rock thrown at you. Um, I know over, like I said, the radio waves, it, it may not come out as clear as that, but it's very interesting. You know, I actually, um, pardon me, I, I actually talked to Jeff Byers at the IBC International Bigfoot Conference when he came out um, back last year, back, back last um, November, or sorry, September. And uh, he never gave me any details, but he alluded to having quite an encounter, quite a quite a, a story to tell. <laughs> and uh, I, I wanted to know more, uh, but, you know, uh, obviously through the research and, and keeping things, you know, uh, private, especially working with you guys, and I respected that, but he just said, you know, I – I had quite an encounter one night, and we had uh, a rock thrown at us, and uh, I was like really intrigued. And now I get to put two and two together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah where we was at, it's like you park, and then there's like a big ravine, and that that came over this like this this little big hill, and just came right down like where Mike was at. So it's yeah. a pretty impressive area, really impressive area. Yeah. Well, how, how large was this rock? You think? Did you see it or? Uh, probably it was. You know, I'd say I don't know. 
half the size of a you know kind of like a mini boulder type of deal. It was it was pretty massive. I mean, just how it wow. landed, it just it scared us to death. But it's that vicinity is close to what happened to us, you know, in 2014. So it's all kind of like right in there, and it's 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 a it's a wild area. I'll so. say I'll say the rock was half the size of a frisbee, but thicker. Oh my God! It, it, you hear it tumble over because it it almost hit me. And like what Mike was saying, there's a ravine. So where this thing launched this rock from, we're pretty much in a shooting gallery. We are not where that spot was when they, where they threw the rock. They have the high ground, and we're like, you know, <laughs> yes. we're the targets, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's correct because we've sent our minion Cody Pauly, who who helps us. He's he's our young guy. Like like he's literally he's a younger, healthy kid. Right? He's in his tw- he's like eighteen, nineteen years old. So like for him to climb up there because we've actually baited peanut butter up up in that area. It's a pretty steep hike, you know. So there's nobody. There was nobody up there, you know. That especially where that was at that night. You know that was right. that was pretty wild. Um. So what? What made you decide to go to that particular spot? Had you been there before, or had you heard about activity in that area, that particular area? Um, Yeah, that road has got um, reports online, actually, but um, we've actually been there for a few years now, and um, it just seems like an area they're hanging out at, and, like, we go so far in there, they don't like it. There's like a certain point where when we cross that, it's like, oh, uh, it's it's really a sort of a magical place, and it's creepier than hell. I mean, it is so dark. I thought this was impossible. I thought there would always be some type of ambient light, but the way the terrain is and the way the trees grow in, it, brought, it blocks the starlight and everything. I literally could not see my Jeep one night. I had to reach out and touch it to make sure I was still standing next to it. Uh, and, um, and like, there's hardly anyone that lives in that area. And like Mike mentioned earlier, and, you know, city people just wouldn't get this. You know, we live in the city, but all these things, because we were back there a few years ago, and it sounded like a wake was going on. You heard all all kinds of stuff up in the, you know, sounds. You know, maybe some of them, dogs, coyotes. No one came out of their house. No one turned a light on. It was just like the people out there, when that sun goes down, their ass goes in the house, and they'll they'll see you come morning. They don't want to hear. They don't want to know <laughs> nothing about what goes on at night. And it's just a really dark, creepy place. I can't – even in the daytime, it's so dark. It's already dark back in there. It's already creepy when the sun's out. And yeah, that's a magic. That's a very magical place because what happened to us October 11th led, led us to one of our library lectures there, where we had so many people. And those roads out there, they'd say, "Oh well, we seen one cross the road." And it's, uh, you know, and of course, in the same area out near Peebles is Serpent Mound, which is a very, very sacred place. So mm-hmm. it's a very magical. It's it's creepy, and uh, you know, it's it's I don't know, it's it's scary. Right, and you you had this you had this uh, you had an experience in October. What time of year did this this audio uh, that you guys uh, you know these vocals you experienced? What time of year was that? God, that might have been that was either late October, November, I think. Right, and that just seems like a magical yes. month. <laughs> yeah, for them to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you also mentioned that they seem to be hanging out there. Is it in your opinion? I mean, I, I would imagine you guys get out there. Uh, when you can, I know weather permitting and all that stuff, but uh, do you think it's an area that that they're there quite frequently? If it is Sasquatch, they're quite frequently, or uh, that time of year? Well, I'll be honest. We uh, we went out there this past year, and it was actually our worst year out there. They Actually, back in the summer uh, last year, they had a massive, late summer, they had a massive storm, but... Uh, um, thunderstorm and but it's I don't know if they're used to us, but they may come back. But um, yeah, but it's still it's it's still a magical place. We we love going out there. Yeah. yeah so you guys are. Is, yeah. Go ahead. ahead. Yeah, I was I just, just going to say is, October seems to be a great month in that area. But uh, yeah, talk about the terrain and and, and why would 
uh, Sasquatch be in this area uh, or Sasquatch is? Well, there's this area has really high ridges where they can get the upper upper ground, you know, upper hand on you, but it's very remote and you've got to have a Jeep to get back in there. You know, you're not going to drive your car back there because you're probably going to be walking out of there. And uh, it just, you know, it really drops off and it's just, it's really woolly. It's just, you know, it's, you know, it's rough area. Mm-hmm. Some of that area, you know, is sort of off limits now. I'm not going to say why because that might help people narrow that down. But uh, right. it's it's just, uh, it's not easy access. Let's just put it that way. And, and it's, okay. if it's harder for people to get back in there, that's good for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm yeah. You're saying that while you were out there um, with this particular six hour, you didn't see anybody else coming by on the road. Oh no! Oh no! No no! <laughs> There's a, actually a- one road that we call Ape Road that's out there that you could actually you could sleep on the road and you won't see nobody come down it. it. It's it is. I mean, but like Mike was talking about terrain that that hooks up to the Shawnee State Forest, which is. If you know anything about uh, Shawnee, oh, yeah. they call it the Little Smokies. That's that's over – Scioto in Adams County is 63,747 acres. You know, that's that's a pretty big area. That's a, right. that's, a, that's a very significant area. And I know you mentioned – so you mentioned terrain, hard to get to. And, and whatnot. And I know earlier you mentioned that there's a lot of deer and whatnot. But um, what else? I mean, uh, what other uh, kind of faunas out there to be found? What what could a Sasquatch uh, sustain sustain itself with, uh, water wise and food wise? Oh yeah, there's uh, there's lakes, there's creeks over there, uh, all kinds of berries. I mean, I'm not you know, uh, I'm not like you'll give it to can point everything out, but there's you know there's <laughs> You know, there's all kinds of stuff and critters and possums and squirrels and uh, uh, there's, you know, foliage, just plenty of stuff, you know, to eat. Plus, we give them peanut butter every once in a while, too, you know. <laughs> but uh yeah that part of ohio there i mean we we we've actually seen uh i've seen two bears out there and we've seen a couple cats uh so that's it's pretty wild oh wow that's, so yeah uh, absolute plethora of animal activity out there and you got the terrain the cover the food sources no reason why a, a sasquatch could not sustain itself mm-hmm. or even be in that area especially i would imagine that time of year, I, uh, that time of year would probably be a great time of year to be in an area like that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, those lakes and all that, that all connects, uh, like Brush Creek, all connects up to the Ohio River. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Shane, back in uh, 1897, May 27th, 1897, Charles Lukens and Bob Forner, this is a report because we do library lectures of West Union, described seeing a gorilla-like creature and actually struggled with it in the rocky area that that led up to the Ohio River. And in June 7th of that year, uh, they actually had people like just stayed in their homes because they they nicknamed it the Wild Men because it created so much terror. So there's history of that area out there. There's there's history out there. Mike knows a lady who's talked about caves and and you know what they what they actually the Shawnee Indians called the creature out there. You know, you know, there's always all these names for Sasquatch and Bigfoot mm-hmm. or whatever. And there's, what's the name of that that, that lady called, Mike? What what, what did Watchers. she call it? Her dad was the a full blooded uh, Indian and uh, Shawnee Indian, and he called them the Watchers. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what do you guys take on 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 uh, the Ohio Grassman? I mean, that that's a pretty uh, famous thing. Um, I mean, uh, are you guys dealing with something similar? I mean, uh, this, as far as terrain, uh, as reports go along that way? There's, you know, there's probably that kind of grass in that area. I think that's just, I think it's still a Bigfoot. It's just called that because, you know, it laid, they found where something laid down in a in a grassy area, and it sort of got called that nickname. But I think it's the same thing. It's just, you know, it's, you know, that's where it's laying its head at night, you know. That's just, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I guess, you know. Yeah. Um, now, you guys, you know, uh, doing a lot of your own research, what are some of the more um, interesting reports you guys have taken in uh, personally? Uh, and, and I, I mean, I, I would imagine you've probably uh, interviewed a few eyewitnesses and whatnot. What are some of the more interesting 
um, eyewitness uh, reports that you've taken in? Well, we've had a few. Um, mm -hmm. We had a lady who actually interrupted our library lecture, first one we ever did at West Union, Ohio. And um, she actually interrupted us and said, you've got to see this now. And we're like, okay. And uh, and these people were in their 60s, you know, I'm guessing, uh, you know, but they were they were adults. They weren't like kids saying, hey, we saw one at Taco Bell. Um, but she had pictures. And she goes, I'm not going to tell you where I live, but this was in my backyard. And there was like a foot of snow in her backyard. And this thing walked through her yard, backyard. And the first thing I noticed was that, you know, they walked like a tightrope, you know, one foot in front of the other. There were seven and a quarter feet before the next step came down. And these tracks were about 17 inches long. And I begged her if I could just take the picture up to the copier and make a copy of it. She wouldn't even allow that. And they left. They didn't even stick around to hear the rest of the thing. They just they shared that. They were like, you know, nervous, shaking. I mean, you could tell this imprinted on them, on their psyche. And then, you know, Mike can tell you about another lady. I mean, she literally was in tears. She wants to move. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we when actually I see went somebody telling a story and you can see the emotion in their face, especially if they're in tears, I mean, you, you just can't fake that. You know what I mean? You just can't. Uh, what would be the purpose to go to Right, I mean, we're not, you know, we're not on TV. We're yeah. not on TV right then. It's not a TV opportunity. I mean, you know, we're in West Union, Ohio, you know, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and, uh, well, you know, at a library, I mean, it's, it's a nice town, but... Uh, um, yeah, they're, they're not going to come do that. You know, these these older people have that kind of you know early American worth et, et, work ethic. They're not going to waste time come do that. That'd be nonsense, you know. And uh, you know, this lady, she lives. Uh, wow, I don't know how many miles she lives from our our good or some of our big spots, but uh, um, she wants to move. The land's been in her husband's family for years, and she wants out of there. She says she can't even go outside. And enjoy her backyard. She doesn't mm -hmm. even feel safe letting her grandkids play in the backyard because of the whistles and howls. Wow! And we actually did a we actually did a night. She let us come there one night and do an investigation. And we had some stuff happen. And I think it rattled them so bad <laughs> we've not really heard much from her anymore. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, we ain't been invited back. So, wow. wow, that was a wild. It was a wild night. Yeah, they, we, yeah. <laughs> actually, her son and and his son's wife was there, and uh, they're kind of younger, and uh, but they're, they're you know they're country people, man. They're just they're you know they're they're hardcore, and that, and that freaked them out. So right, you nailed it on the wild. head there. These are these are individuals that uh, know the animal, the the known animals, know the sounds. Uh, you know, in a lot of cases, hunt around them and all that, and and this was unexplainable and and terrifying in a lot of ways. Uh, and, and and they're like ready to pick up and leave, probably coming to the library to hear you guys talk and maybe get an answer or, or see, make sure they're not going crazy. <laughs> right. Yeah, we yeah. we've had like confess. We've had people come up and confess. They tell they'll tell us that they've kept it inside for years because they're afraid to tell anyone because they don't want to be made fun of. Uh, we've had a little bit of everything. You know, we had a real old lady, probably in her 70s, and she told us about a – I'll give the name of this road. It's not really a research area, but Ward's Corner Road off 275. And, and if you go, it pretty winds around. It's out of the country. I mean, it's more built up now, but this is like, you know, 40, 50 years ago when they were in their 20s. And uh, she said her husband almost hit a bear crossing the street the road, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, and they slam on the brakes, and then this thing turns and looks at him and snarls and mm. walks back across the road and down the other side on two legs. And mm. she said she's been waiting 50 years to tell someone about that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I was just uh, I was just talking to a buddy today uh, before I had, uh, you know, had you guys jump on the show here. We were discussing, you know, uh, sightings and whatnot, and, and this is a good friend of mine, uh, a fellow Olympic Project member. You know, he works in the construction industry, and he was saying, you know, uh, you know, it's kind of hard talking about Bigfoot around a lot of his construction guys. They make fun of the fact, but he said, you know, a few of the guys that he's, he's, you know, they asked asked this particular guy what he's up to, and he said, you know, I, I actually go out looking for Bigfoot and do Bigfoot research, 
And though he gets some side remarks from a few, he said other guys were coming up to him going, you know, I've never talked about this, but, you know, I, I'm a hunter. I've been hunting for 30 years, and I've had this, this, and that happen. Or they knew somebody that had had an encounter or a sighting or had something really weird happen to them. And so it's a lot – people think that it's just uh, – I mean, the vast majority of, I think, the public looks at the Sasquatch phenomenon as kind of like a kooky thing. But uh, like I told my buddy today, I said, you know – you ask a lot of these people that are actually in the woods, hunting, hiking, fishing, uh, they either have had something really odd happen to them or they know somebody. And I'm sure you guys could, you know, I mean, that's just the same right along the lines of what you guys experience. Am I correct? Oh, yeah. oh yes. Uh, my cousin Mark, who uh, lived lived here in Ohio for years, lived in Middletown, moved to uh, Tennessee on the other side of the Smoky Mountains in Barone, Tennessee, and had bought a cabin, and the, the people he rented a cabin off talked about Bigfoot, and he said, oh, my cousin does that, but he laughed about it. It was like two months after that happened. They're on a, a, a lake fishing because he's an avid fisherman, and they had a massive boulder thrown at him from this ridge line into the lake, and his wife, Kim, looked at him and said, now, is Mike crazy, or, or, or did this happen to us? And and they got out of there. <laughs> and, you know, that's, yeah. that's the stuff I love. That's the stories I like. Right. So. Yeah, you almost have to pry out. You almost have to pry it out. It's not uh, given willfully. <laughs> and and the, those are the, the, the uh, I mean, yeah, those are the ones I really take to heart that I, I find to be most true. Now, you know, you guys take in a lot of reports and went on. You do a lot of research. But how do you conduct your research? When you're, you know, say uh, – uh, someone was to tag along with you guys on on one of your research trips, uh, uh, you know, um, and, and I know they're quite private and whatnot. But if someone was to tag along, how does Mike and Michael conduct their research in the field? Well, first well, of all, we get to you know we get to know them, and you know they get to know us first, and that's that's the that's the first key. Go ahead, Mike. I was just going to say, you know, we're pretty careful about taking someone out. You know, make sure who they are. They're not going to tell where our spots are. We don't think we blindfold anybody yet, but because uh, um, we have people, you know, that give us reports and we, you know, we try to get out there. One thing that hinders us is, you know, our jobs. <laughs> We're blessed yeah. to be working, but, you know, you know, we always joke with each other that, man, work gets in the way. And uh, if we didn't mm-hmm. have to go to our jobs, we would, we could do this full time. So if there's any, you know, billionaires out there, millionaires that have money <laughs> burning a hole in their pocket, they want to sponsor us, we'll gladly quit our jobs and do this full time. Right. But, and you know, that's there. what it's going to take. Uh, I would yeah, love to see that happen, you know? Yeah, but until then, we you know, we have work and families and all that. But uh, we do take some people. You know, Jeff was uh, sort of a casual goer, you know, and our sponsor, but then he's become a friend and he goes, and there's some other people, and uh, um, it's just tough, and we try to keep it a small group, people we can trust. Uh, we've had people at libraries want to, you know, join an expedition and ask how much, and we're like, well, you know, don't really know you and don't want to be, a, you know, on the hook for anything, light, light, you know, liability. So mm-hmm. we, we usually don't do that. We don't do uh, like a, you know. Yeah, and on, on that on that front too, Shane is you know I I when I started I was with Don and and I was at the the embassy of and you probably heard the famous Salt Fork State Park that's been on TV. I was there and actually had stuff happen to me and Eric Altman in 2008, and I got a recording in 2007. But I was there like in two early 2000s, and now you know you go there and it looks like. A, it looks like a Walmart on Black Friday, so I don't even research wow. there. Mm-hmm. And, wow. You know, I just – I just – I can't be around – nothing against that, having two or 300 people, but that's not researching. I've hunted my whole life, and that's that's not researching. So me and Mike, we have our spots, and we are not, you know, the, the capital of the world. We're dollar general, so, you know, that's <laughs> – yeah. that's how I put it. You know, we're not, you know – you know, you guys or the International Bigfoot or BFRO, we're our dollar general, so we have to do how we, you know, what we do, and you know, but yeah. we've got results. We've had results. That area, 
you know how we got ran out and then and then some recent stuff so we've had results does it happen all the time absolutely not you guys but you guys are researchers you know that don't happen but <laughs> right. there's enough to get that curiosity and it's a friendship mike's my best friend we we we're real good with friends we take people out hey we may have a beautiful night hell we might see a ufo in the sky or just see some stars and you know what? We're not home on a Saturday night when it's 90 degrees watching rerun TV. We're out in the woods, and you know what? We're out there, and we're doing it. If something happens, right. that's great. If it don't, it's still great. We had good time, and, you know, it, it's fun first, hobby second, mm-hmm. serious third. Right. That's how we put it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess what I was getting at, uh, I, would, uh, I should clarify a little bit. Uh, I know you guys really don't take a whole lot of people out. What what I was getting at was a little bit more of like, how do you guys conduct conduct your research? What do you guys do? I mean, obviously you guys get I I believe results, but how do you get to that point? Uh, what are you guys doing uh, in the field? Um, you know, uh, how do you you know how what is your approach when you're you know you step foot out of your vehicle or you're hiking? What is your approach and and how do you get you know those possible results? Well, well everybody the- is. Go ahead, Mike. Oh, good man. It's, uh, you know, so we, we've got some good leads at the libraries, and if it sounds like something, hey, this is pretty recent and it sounds credible, you know, we'll we'll get phone numbers and we'll you know we'll make arrangements to go there. But uh, we always do usually, uh, you know, daytime recon. Mm-hmm. You know, we like to know where we're getting into, and we don't want to. If there is someone living back in the middle of nowhere, we don't want we don't want shots. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so we do daytime recon, and we look for places where they would have. Uh, you know, maybe the high ground, you know, water, you know, just we look for an area that looks squatchy. I mean, and, you know, not really nothing scientific to it, but, you know, something that's sort of out of out of sight, out of mind. And uh, if it looks good and pretty wild looking area, you know, we like it. If it looks that way in the daytime, we go back at night. Yep, right. that's what we do. And Shane and, and Julie, I'm, I'm old school. I learned from Betty and Leon Parks and old Don Keene. I don't. Mm-hmm. Okay, everybody has their own way of doing things. I don't want to go out there with game cameras because I don't think that works. I'm not going out there to look like a Navy SEAL or like I'm a hunter. We go out deep in the woods. <laughs> There's an area we got right now that's pretty active. We walk like two miles in, two or three miles in. We sit. The people yeah. I used to run yeah. around with would do that. Don't have a fire. I know people do. We don't. And they see your shadows moving around. We do a, a little mm-hmm. bit of calls. We may call for like – I do. I, you guys heard that call, and then we may stop and and not even do it till we leave. We may do one wood knock and quit, and then just sit there and have that curiosity because you heard some people like, well, they can sing or whatever. That's kind of what we do. We don't have that Navy Seal, you know, mm-hmm. because in the in the long run, say we pick something up on on a a, a, a camera or even a GoPro in your car. Oh, that's a blog squad. And how many of those do we have? So we right. do it for you know if we see something or whatever. You know, I have seen a glimpse of these things. I've seen the shoulder and the head, but I've never seen one up close like, you know, a lot of people have. But we've had multiple encounters that I, I believe is, is those type of creatures. And, you know, we're satisfied. We're not we're not here to please anybody else because right. I, to get the home run film, you know, you're not Bob Gimlin, you know, and <laughs> – you know what I mean? Well, it's just I, yeah, I just don't I'm, see it happening because you're going to get scrutinized. One thing I always I always learn from Don. Don says if you got something like a Bigfoot carrying a deer, two or three deer, there's your home run picture because nobody has something like that. Other than that, it's all it's all blurry pictures or whatever. So, you know, we don't you know to go out with all this technology. Yes, we have our recording devices, but to go out to look like we're you know we're, we're you know we're getting into the woods like a Navy SEAL that just don't happen. We don't we don't approach it that way. Curiosity right, right. is how we do it. Yeah, and you yeah. guys are getting really good results with it. Um, listen, we have about five minutes left on the show for today, so what I wanted to do was um, let everybody know that we will ha- be having you back again for a part two. Oh, yeah. um, and what we're going to discuss in part two is your uh, appearance on the show on TV called Terror in the Woods. And your experience in the cemetery. Um, What we're going to do is have your audio sent to David Ellis from the Olympic Project. And he's going to analyze it, and we will get those results back. 
and then we'll bring you back on and we'll go we'll go over those results and play some of the audio and you can you know explain what happened and and I, I think that's going I'm really stoked about that show. That's oh, yeah, really yeah. 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 It'll it, it'll be a f- great show. Uh, I, I've listened to that particular piece of audio, and uh, yeah, there's there's uh, some gold in that audio, and I definitely believe you guys were uh, had some visitors. So uh, that audio is killer, um, and 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 I want to you know talk more about uh, some of the stuff you know you guys have been involved with 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 in regards to TV. But having said that, you know we're gonna leave that for the part two. You guys mm-hmm. have a lot to say, and I really enjoy talking with you guys. You guys are doing big things, I believe, in the state of Ohio and maybe elsewhere. But what's going on down the road here? I know you guys are speaking. Uh, actually, you're coming out my way, Washington. What's going on in Washington? We're going to – we have been asked to speak at the IBC in Kennewick, yeah. Washington this year. Yeah, International Bigfoot awesome. Conference. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. You guys are uh, – um, are you guys, uh, you know, without giving away, I don't know if you guys have, you know, you got a lot of time to think about this. Are you guys, guys going to be playing some of your audio at the International Bigfoot Conference? Of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, God, yeah. You know? Right, right. Well, hey, you know what? The audio is very interesting. Uh, you know, uh, you know, the clip that I listened to, that three-minute clip where you guys make calls and have responses back, you know, uh, and then, uh, you know, to have the rock clanking, you guys perform the rock clanking, and then have a rock thrown back at, at, at your, you know, at you guys. Now, that, to me, is, you know, that's, uh, there's only so much, that, you know, if that's not a person, which I don't believe it to be, then what are you left with? And so mm-hmm. to uh, have you guys on stage at the International Bigfoot Conference put on by Russell Accord, uh, that's a great stage for you guys to showcase some of your work in a great venue. Uh, I've spoken there twice, and uh, the feedback's fantastic. The amount of people that show up at this event is is uh, amazing. Uh, Russell does a great job, um, so it's gonna be really cool. I, I, I'm you know I'm not speaking this year, but you know what? I'd love to to support uh, researchers and, and Russell Accord and uh, highly recommend individuals out there that are thinking about it i I say hey head out there great weekend and you're going to get to hear you know the ohio night stalkers speak uh, two guys on the show right now Uh, fantastic stuff in the audio like i said you guys are doing killer stuff the audio speaks for itself (laughs) Mm -hmm. thanks we're also going to be at the ecpro in uh, virginia we're going to be there and also we're part of the minerva monster fest oh yeah we got some stuff stuff happening yeah and you're yeah. going to be oh, down right in, uh, too, right? At the um, the Bigfoot Museum coming up in February. Yeah, we're going down there to stalk Cliff. We're Cliff stalkers. Yep, yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we follow fair. Cliff yeah. around. He he loves us pretty much. So yeah, it's it's all good. And we love David and Melinda. They got a great museum. You know, yeah. Cheney, you never been there. You need there. to come come yeah. out that way there. And Julie, it's it's a beautiful place. So it's on the radar. What helped us out there. is all our. Is all our mm-hmm. library lectures has helped us up to speak to say, hey, you know what, we're ready to speak at a conference because you know it's it's just helped us out. Because when we first started, we was nervous as could be, and, mm-hmm. and I'm like, we can do this, let's do this, and we've done it. And uh, our phone just keeps going off, and they want us at these libraries, and we keep doing it. Well, hey guys, you know what, uh, you know I like the honesty because my my first conference, I've spoke spoken at libraries and other events. I'm nervous wreck. Not it wasn't about the content. I you know I've just never been a public speaker. Uh, the mm-hmm. content was there. Uh, you know I, I was very confident with that. I'm sure you guys are and were. Uh, it's it's just you know getting in front of people talking about the subject of Sasquatch. You know, but you know what? People show up because not only are they interested, but many of them have had encounters or experiences, and many of them know others that have. And and uh, a lot of them can't get out and do research, or they don't know how to. And so, it is actually, you know, you guys are doing uh, the the public a service. I re- and I feel that way too. Now I've had many people come up to me and uh, tell me that, and uh, that's uh, it motivates me to do better. Motivates me to do better. And uh, you guys are, you know, you guys are fantastic. And I look forward to meeting you guys. Um, here this year at the International Bigfoot Conference, and we'll have you guys back on here uh, for part two to discuss more things squatchy and some of your audio and your TV stuff. 
Uh, you guys are great guys, uh, very humble, and I appreciate that. And, and uh, just want to thank you guys for for uh, joining Monstrex Radio, joining me, uh, myself, and Julie. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks for having yeah, me. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you so much, guys. And we'll have you back on down uh, here shortly. Uh, much to discuss, and looking forward to seeing these guys later on this year at the International Bigfoot Conference. Of course, they're speaking to other events, DCBRO. Uh, they're involved with uh, the Minerva thing with uh, Seth Breedlove, and that's fascinating. So uh, for for Julie and myself, this is the end of the show here with Monstrex Radio. We'll uh, see you guys again next week. Until then, stay squatchy, and we'll talk to you later. Thank you all. Great show, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. Radio.